Dan Parentoni studied with Donald Knob at the Eastman School of Music, and Knob had a profound influence on his life. In the bonus room, Dan talks about being a student at Eastman, and we end our conversation with Dan explaining the work he is doing to try to build a better tuba. Let's switch gears here and go back to when you started out. You actually, before you started playing tuba, you played piano, right? And you were a jazz yeah. pianist. Um, my dad was an accomplished jazz trombone player. Now, back in the 40s, uh, you couldn't make a living just, just doing that, so he worked in a paper mill, but at night he played gigs. Mm-hmm. And my older brother, who was 20 years older than me, was a trumpet player. So I, I came and my youngest brother was 13 years older than me. I had three brothers. And God rest their souls, they've all passed. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but anyway, there's always music in the house. And my dad was quite a popular trombone player in Pennsylvania, as far as his jazz playing goes. He had a group called Bleach Parentoni and his five aces. He worked at a bleach plant. And so that's how you got your nickname? No, no, no. Really? Because that's what they called you in the Italian. Yeah, you. I know. I'll tell you this. The, the, the Italians called Felicio in Italian means suitcase. Dad always carried his trombone around and said, Hey, Felicio, Felicio. Then somebody says, Felicio, Felicio. That's how that got going. Bleach. Okay. okay. And it, uh, so he signed his name, Bleach. You know? And of course, uh, uh, he taught one of my, uh, a very good trombonist, one of my uh, best friends, Mikko Minardo, was a student of my father's. He went to Eastman. That's why I went to Eastman, because of Mikko. You know, I was going to go to a state school. He said, oh, no, 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 you're going to go here, you know. So anyway, I'll tell you about my audition. I went to audition on piano. I never had a lesson on tuba, ever. I had a sousaphone. And the way I learned sousaphone, the band director, I got hurt in football. I couldn't play anymore. And a freshman band director called me down. And because he thought I was a good musician, I thought, well, hell, I know all this, you know. What would you like to play? I thought a tuba was a baritone. He brought me a sousaphone, and I was embarrassed, and I played it. I, that's a true story at the time. I should know better. But I took uh-huh. to it like a duck in water. I never had a lesson. And at that particular time at home, my dad had all these records. My brother would send some stuff in, like I was a, oh, you know, Oscar Peterson was my hero, Ray Brown, oh. So I used to play along with records on mm-hmm. his phone, and I'd play bass lines, right? And then I'd do these solos and stuff, and I always go to state contests. Three months later, after I picked up the tube, I got an excellent rating in the state contest. You know? So I always took the piano I had to work a little harder on. I got an excellent on piano, but I've been practicing four hours a day, you know? So anyway, really? okay. go to Eastman, and believe me, I wasn't that accomplished in a piano. I auditioned in piano, and they said, well, you can get in and if you go into music education, which I thought my dad wanted me to do. I said, okay, great. I understand you play tuba. So yeah, my dad says, yeah, he probably had a sousaphone in a trunk. So they called in Donald Dobb. I had a sousaphone. I played I Sleep in the Deep or some dumbass solo like that about <laughs> at that time, you know? <laughs> And they took me on tuba, and they gave me a, a half scholarship right away if I played tuba. I couldn't believe it, you know? So I show up at Eastman, and they, I, didn't, I didn't own a horn, and they gave me this B-flat tuba, and I studied with Donald Dobb, who was the greatest influence of my whole life. I mean, all we did with Nobby says, here, here's this music, here's this, this, this. Play it, and he play along with me on trombone. Every lesson. 
do this, do this. I listened to him. Whatever he told me, I did it. I did it. I did it. And frankly speaking, uh, to this to this day, I model a lot of my teaching after him. Listen, play. Listen, play. And of course, Remington was there teaching too. And Donald Knob was a student of Remington's. And Remington listened to all his tuba players too. So I basically had all that going on with me. And then you had people there, you know, uh, the greatest you know, Red Hood, all these guys, Boyd. You had really good students. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just hung around with them and learned and learned. Uh, you know, Larry Combs was in the Wind Ensemble. Uh, really? I didn't oh, know yeah, that. Larry, Larry that's went, went to Larry, Eastman. Yeah, oh, Larry, okay. Larry went to Eastman. He was a hell of a jazz saxophone player. Uh-huh. You know, he played with Mangione. Mangione is in my class. Chuck, Chuck yeah. and I are very close. You know, uh, I, and, 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 you know, I could name a whole bunch of names. In fact, we're still trying to keep together with all these years. The Eastman days were incredible. Tuba players there. You had, you know, one of the guys who came in later was Toby Hanks. And so we had, you know, Roger Bobo. First guy I ever heard in my life was Roger Bobo. I come in at Eastman. I call my father. I said, Dad, I'm in the wrong business. He said, what do you mean? I said, I just heard this guy play. He says, man, I... I, I can't do this. And he said, stick around, stick around, you know, you'll make some friends, stick yeah. around, you know. But he always wanted me to play jazz piano. And when I say jazz piano, just chord changes. It's different today than, you know, the Oscar Peterson. So when I went to Eastman, I could already play Misty and all those tunes. There was no problem. And they had a McCoe's theory, and I'm in a theory class, and there were seven people in the theory class. Six had perfect pitch in me. Well, boy, I tell you, those are tough days. I used to have to try to just pass, you know, I could play it. Here's a Bach thing. I could play that. Could I hear it? Not the way they wanted it, because I always thought, hey, oh, that's a, a first inversion of such and such. And I said, it's an F7 flat nine chord. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. That's how yeah, I heard it. It was the same then. thing, but you just had a different vocabulary. I so, couldn't, yeah. I could never, and it was McCoe's. All you could do was analyze Bach. You've got Strauss, what the heck are you going to do with McCoe's theory, you know? That was an education for me right there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you could throw, I'm just bringing up those days, you know? So anyway, uh, you know, with Nobby, I was there four years and I got a symphony right after that, you know, it took off like a, I always wanted to play piano. I wanted to go study with Oscar Peterson and my first job was in tuba, so I let the piano go. But I still... Yeah. I play like, you know, a couple tunes that you heard on my new CD or something, that one I wrote. So I, I still play for my own enjoyment. Yeah, and I've heard you at your house play, too. Yeah. Anyway, it's so, fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, we did not talk about what I think would be, maybe you could call the pinnacle of your uh, playing career, which was you played with the Ringling Brothers Circus at one time. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. yeah, I did, but they came in, I only did two weeks at a time. But oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I played with a circus. I mean, we did three shows a day. Three shows a day. Okay, yeah. I've heard each show was th it's each really shows for three hours. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the Mel. Uh, oh, who's the famous conductor of the Ringling Brothers? Come on, I'll think of him in a minute. Oh boy, no idea. Trumpet player. Hmm. Well, anyway. He was a taskmaster, and I believe it, you know. And on tuba, you don't put the horn down. And if, and if someone gets hurt and the clubs come out, the marches go. So I played three shows, three hours a day. I started bleeding. I couldn't shave. 
That's how I got this mustache. I haven't shaved since. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't wow. shave, man. It hurt, you know. So I, and after what I kept it, you know. And I've heard so this for trumpet that that, that playing. I, I never played the circus, but I heard that it was like about the most demanding thing you could ever do. That it was just Merle constant Evans. playing. Yeah. Merle Evans. You heard of Merle Evans? No, I haven't. Oh, it's great. Sorry. You know, my father, when he was a young kid, played with the circus band too. And, and this was you know, about 40 years later, I'm talking to him, and I said, hey, my dad used to play with you in the 20s, the late 20s. And God bless, he remembered him. He said, oh, that young guy, he had to go back home. They come after him. I said, yeah, that was the parents came after to bring him back. He was like 16 years old. Yeah. Huh. So he played in that, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, we have so many stories. But yeah, I, I didn't play like Harvey did two years of that. Mm-hmm. But I did sub for Harvey, so... Okay. Well, listen, just to, to sort of wrap up things, um, you've done a lot of traveling also, just a couple of miscellaneous things to talk about. You've traveled all over the world. Um, do you have, like, favorite countries, favorite foods, cuisines? Oh, Italy. <laughs> Italy. <laughs> Can't beat the food. <laughs> Going back to the roots. Oh, man, yeah. Uh-huh. Love Italy. Rome. Uh, uh, Florence. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Amsterdam, uh, I have never really spent much time in England. Mm-hmm. And that's a mistake. I want to do that. Um, one of the things, too, that I got involved with, and that had to do with Jacobs, is, you know, we did a lot of things, and I should tell you a little bit about, you know, the organizations. When I took the job at uh, Illinois, Bob Riker had the idea of having a group called TUBA, Tubish Universal Brothers Association. And that was based on Bill Bell. He used to have a place when he was in New York, McSorley's, where every people, all the tuba players would go, and Bill would support the bill, in other words, pay for the beer, and they always drank beer and had pretzels, and it was sort of a hang-up, you know. And so he had an idea that, hey, listen, why don't we get this nice organization, you know. Well... He was in Montreal, and he sort of was going in and conducting, and then Harvey got a hold of the idea. And let's have a national fraternity, okay? We'll call it Tubishun of Brotherhood Association. And so I was involved in that from the beginning, and Winston Morris wrote the bylaws. And I also had ideas at that time in Illinois there was a very successful PAS, percussion, and Tom Siwe, who was a teacher there, I was very involved with and knew how the organization Percussion Arts. So we want to work this into the TUBA because our goal was we need to advance our instrument, we need to advance our music, we need to advance our instruments, and we need to communicate with each other. That's how that organization was formed. I remember... We had our first international tuba symposium, international, at Indiana in 1973, and that was Harvey was running it. Harvey got sick, and I worked with enough. I, I tried to help out with his wife. I mean, we had all the main composers here. We had the great artists. We had Doc Severance. We have everybody, and I have to guide them into the halls and the like. Anyway, I missed the meeting of the election, and then elected me president of the TOBA. That's, you know. Anyway, what we tried to do is over my, my term is try to get people to join. Like, you know, I remember calling up Falcone 
and said, you know, hey, you want to join our group? And he said, I don't know about brotherhood. And I said, come on, I'm Italian, you know. I just remember a funny story with Leonard, and he was a beautiful man. But we had people like that, and they called a Tarchinci and, you know, and Jake. We got sort of the network going, and look where it is today. Hickman started, really, the ITA. We got Lloyd Geisler, who was my teacher when I got my master's degree. I went and studied with Geisler got him to help organize the Trumpet Guild. Look where it is today. Yeah. But on the tuba, what we needed to do was advance our instrument in such a way. You know, Harvey uh, commissioned pieces, uh, 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 solo pieces. And me, I, you know, I went out as a soloist and played a lot of recitals on college campuses and eventually over in Europe. But what was talked about was that we ought to, we got to really develop our instrument. At that time, Custom Music Company, uh, Fred Merrick, was importing tubas, and he wanted somebody to help make them better. Well, my friend Bob Tucci was in Germany at that time, and Otto Jacobs recommended me as an educator. We got to team up, and we did, Bob and I did. And we started to go over, like, uh, uh, Fred would, Merrick would go to Europe, and he found, like, Rudolf Mino making tubas. So Bob would go play, I would, they would send instruments, I would help out, we'd help them develop a four-quarter tuba, such and such. After Rudy got going, Fred found Hirschbrenner. We, in a sense, went over there, worked with the instruments, such and such. Got involved with BNS through, through this stuff, and look, at we've been involved with doing that. Plus the fact, look, at they only have trumpets, they have six mouthpieces, they only have this one. Why don't we get involved with that? And we got involved with all that, trying to advance. And actually speaking, I'm pretty proud of the fact the accomplishment we made. Hell, I couldn't build the tuba, but I certainly know enough about how or what we want and what sound. Yeah, right, right. And also, That's too, what we tried to do was, well, listen, if we got one guy working real good, then we'll go to the competition. So the more competition you have, the better it is. You get better instruments. Because when I started playing too, man, it was, I went over to Amsterdam. There was only one. It was the Miraphone, 185. Very nice instrument. Fifth partial out of tune. Very badly out of tune. You had to use alternate fingerings. I'm in Amsterdam, and a Russian conductor comes in to play Tchaikovsky and Prokofiev. My horn wasn't that big. I needed more power. I went over to Mainz, Germany, got an Alexander. Still love that tuba today. Worst out of tuba in the world. I used fingerings that you couldn't imagine, and, and, and I played it. Some of my first CDs are on it. It's a great sounding horn. That's where we got the idea of the PT6 BNS. We made that tuba to sound like an Alexander, but it was in tune. PT and, oh, meaning Parentucci? That was Parentucci at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, long story goes, but I want to tell you that I'm very proud of the fact that you know, all of us were involved with better instruments. I, I'm just saying that, you know, we've done a lot on the tubas, and the main thing I think a lot of success I had as a teacher is I always got good instruments for the students. And today, you know, you've, one of the beautiful things about it is, you know, there's a lot of different brands now that are good instruments, you know, that basic, uh -huh. basically are in tune and the like. And, students and so earlier on, that was a real problem that they were really out of tune. Bad instruments, yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. also too, you know, uh, 
weren't taken care of. Uh, uh, the more you know about the instruments and the like, you know, the valves, etc. Uh, a lot of the instruments had a lot of problems. Let's put it that way, you know. Yeah. And, and today you got to be extremely. Sometimes you got to be really careful of what you buy too. I mean, it's still out there. There's some instruments that are, that are made in certain places, and you know, you can only go so far on them. I would imagine it would be the same in trumpet, though. You know, you know student line instruments are still better than than, than what we had. Uh, uh, yeah. But the student line instruments on tuba are terrible. You know? Really. Yeah, okay. you know, I mean, uh, the partial, look at, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much tubing, and, and, and uh, the partials are so so wide, and that's why, you know, on a tuba, we need four or five, I got 6,000 on F-tuba, and it really helps the intonation greatly, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, some of the student models for trumpet are quite good these days, yeah. is the impression that I have. I mean, I'm sort of out of loop now, actually, well, the way out of the loop. The still. reason why we had a problem on tuba is because after the war, you know, you could sell four trumpets. <laughs> you can make four trumpets easier than you can make one tuba. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, yeah. Know, so in this country, it was left behind, and they didn't do much in the 50s, you know. He bought the con tuba, which was okay, but not like it is today. And but things have changed so drastically for tuba also, because the tuba was never thought of as a solo instrument. And, and now, I mean, there are a number of people who have reputations as soloists yeah. and who are great soloists. That's getting there. It's getting there, you know. Yeah, but they're great yeah. players. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, for I'm sure. Very proud of that, you know. Uh, and we went around, I mean, I spent, you know, good years of my life playing every weekend someplace or something and uh, a lot of recitals, uh, you know, quite interesting, you know, and yeah. uh, uh, I don't have to do it anymore, but at that particular time you did it for a lot of reasons, that's how you recruited. And went out and did a lot of master classes for, for our instrument companies and, uh, you know, obviously trying to develop new mouthpieces and new concepts and the like. And, you know, but our organization, that's one of the things that we did and still to this day is hold true, you know. And recordings, I think um, a couple of us were the first at making these recordings. You know, that's how you got yeah, tenure. Yeah, that's important. You know, I remember with UBA, we had these workshops that we do. And that's where somebody from a college, or, you know, an assistant professor could come to one of these international meetings and play 20 minute program and that would be as good as helping get tenure at his university and all those kind of things we had in mind to help out and with tuba players we had to help each other out and uh it's continuing you know i'll be honest with you i haven't met too many tuba players i don't like to be honest with you I mean, yeah that's true that's actually true yeah uh, so yeah well, Dan, this has really been fun. Um, any last words you might have? No, Tony. We, we missed a lot in our wonderful friendship we've had over the years, you know. And uh, I should tell you, that I'm extremely proud of the fact of getting you to write some of these pieces for me. It uh, brought attention to my name, but it's also been fun to play. And, and uh, uh, I love your music. And, and, and as the tuba players, we're very proud of the fact that, you know, your, your pieces are probably the most played in our literature, to be honest with you. And really? My, my well, hat, you're sort of my tuba muse. My hat's like, hey, I remember, I got a good story for you. <laughs> I remember he said, you know, I wrote these miniatures. I wrote it for trumpet. One, one of the best ones I've got to the horn is actually fantastic. 
The worst one I did is for the tuba, and that sells more records. And I says, hey, Tony, wonder what happened if you wrote a good piece? <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that in there. You know, we were just kidding yeah. around, you know. But uh, that's right. And tuba players, you know, we're so desperate for literature, man. We, uh, I have a hundred and I have so much music in my studio, it's unbelievable, you know. And, uh, but uh, most of them aren't that good, good though, so... <laughs> But, yeah, the first piece I ever wrote for tuba was was for you, which yeah. was the Three Miniatures, which yeah. I think you premiered in Japan. I remember that. I think so too. Yeah, funny. I saw a YouTube video of that. I never knew it was recorded. You know. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. So who knows? Who knows? But no, no, it's great. We've had some good memories and good times, man. And, uh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, many more ahead. I hope. I hope so too. <laughs>